victims, for those of you who delight in dread, who fantasize about fear, who glorify gore, welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners, beware. This podcast contains major plot spoilers and the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. This is the podcast that proves the horror never ends. Each episode, we seek out and review a brand new horror movie. Then we go back and find a classic work with similar themes, looking at both similarities and differences. Our goal here is to explore how our perceptions of fear remain the same from generation to generation. Uh, But we also want to point out how the presentation can change based on the social and political climate of the times. We do include spoilers for the new film. However... We will wait until the very end of the show to spoil the new feature, and we will let you know before we do so with a distinctive spoiler alert. If you don't wish to hear the spoilers, simply turn us off at that point, and we promise you won't miss a thing. The other thing that we may do from time to time, uh, Nick, I hope you're okay with this. We uh, we can use a few four-letter words sometimes. Is that cool? Absolutely. All right, well, this is a horror podcast, and horror movies tend to be R-rated, uh, at least the really oh, good ones. Course. We hope we hope yours is, Nick. I imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's going to be R-rated all the way. And you know, actually, e- actually, everybody is going to, you know, just speak in expletives, you know, nothing but expletives. <laughs> so that way, you know, it's, you know, really entertaining. All right, then, we're on, then we're on the right track, so... Uh, you guys can expect to hear some four-letter words. So, uh, of course, I'm Lance. For you people who listen to us all the time, you know that I'm here with Philip and Brian. But uh, tonight's pretty special. We've got a first for the first time ever. We've got a special guest, and that would be our good friend uh, Nick Hunt, who is a film director, uh, writer. Uh, fuck, what do you not do, Nick? Um. Well, you know, I don't dance. Okay. So, I mean, you know, well, at least, at least, you know, not for free. Okay. Well, you're, you and Phil Collins are the same there because Genesis had that album, We Can't Dance. If you don't dance, yeah. then you know a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Nick. Well, fuck, Give buddy. Man. Yeah, yeah. Nick, we've been trying to get you on forever, dude. Um, what's going on in your Yeah? Place? Yeah, what's going on with you, man? Oh, man, I, I couldn't be happier, you know. Uh, we had the, the launch of the Safe Place teaser trailer uh, just over a week ago, or actually um, not not just over a week ago, almost two weeks ago. And um, it's still growing, and it's still living out there. And uh, we just got uh, an exclusive done by uh, Arrow in the Head and Joe Blow, which is massive for us. Uh-oh. Hey, hold on, Nick. We're having we're having some audio audio issues, man. Say that. Can you say that again? Uh-oh. Just the last half. Yeah, just the last. Uh, where, half. Where, 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 just the just the last half of it. Yep. Yeah. Um. Okay. 
All right. Uh, so, you know, basically, um, you know, we're just getting ready for the release or we're getting ready to, you know, go into production here in November. And, uh, you know, we had the pleasure of having an article done for us by Arrow in the Head and Joe Blow. That's and, awesome. I mean, that's something that's massive for us. Yeah. Right. You so, know, uh, and uh, the, the trailer has been everywhere. Well, tell tell us a little bit about the movie, dude. We saw the teaser, and yeah. and, and I will put it to you this way, dude. This like way, I dude. told you earlier, a teaser it is. You yeah, you yeah. didn't give too much away in that, and you were saying, you know, that's all good because you think sometimes uh, trailers do give too much away too early and kind of like ruin. Oh the movie. yeah. But what's what's the basic idea here? Who who is this? Who is this fucking maniac that uh, Ashley Mary Nunez is talking about? Well, you know, it, it's a it's a very complicated answer to your question because the guy truly isn't a, a maniac, and uh, you know, without giving too much away, um, you know, everybody is going to be very multi dimensional in this movie, and it's going to be something that's going to be really entertaining and really keep people on their toes. Um, you know, our central antagonist is somebody that you know, hopefully, our viewers when they're watching it. They're not going to sure. They're not going to be sure whether or not to feel you know this overwhelming sympathy and empathy for this man, right. or you know feel this hatred and anger towards him. And I think finding that median and sort of affecting the audience in that you know in that way is going to be something that's really truly interesting. Sounds like you're uh, you're col- you're coloring with your crayons a little bit outside the lines, dude. That doesn't sound like what I was expecting to hear. I, like I thought it, I thought you were going to tell us this was just like a straight up slasher. Oh, no, no, no. This is so much more than just a slasher because I'm sure that we can all, you know, be on level ground here that, okay, you know, our time, you know, the horror returns is sort of a poignant thing to, you know, to be on right now because one of the points I really want to make here is that, you know, we as horror fans have evolved throughout the times. And, you know, our storylines in horror movies have caught up to the times. But when you think about the way that our characters are written and the way that the stories are sort of written, um, you know, we really haven't grown that much in my estimation. But what if you had a horror movie, a slasher movie, that wasn't just a one-dimensional slasher? It had characters that you cared about. Characters that you didn't automatically go into it knowing if they were dispensable or not. You had people that didn't make the same stupid decisions. You know, um, you know, they wouldn't, you know, they would not take weaponry if they had the opportunity. You're not going to see the jock that no longer knows how to fight or the experienced track star that doesn't know how to run. You're not going to see the cell phones that work and the cars that won't start. You're not going to sort of see all the things that make you want to yell at the, at the screen. Right. Okay. You know, we're going to surprise you in a lot of ways. And we're still going to keep the normal slasher tropes. I'm going to do 200% practical effects. No CGI whatsoever in my nice. movie. It's it. going to be violent. It's going to be dark. It's going to be murky. And it's going to have this visceral, violent story that's really going to dig into the human psyche. That sounds incredible. When, when can we expect this one? Well, you know, we're going into production here in November, and we're targeting a tentative release in February. You know, just in time for Valentine's Day, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, you and the next Fifty Shades of Grey movie coming out the well, same week, huh? 
Uh, we're assuming. Oh, uh, oh absolutely. You know, I, I, see, I think that we should, uh, you know, do a slasher version and call it Fifty Shades of Blood. Uh, you know, I'd watch that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, what what got you started in this uh, in this line of work, man? Well, you know, um, most of my life, to be honest, I've done the restaurant thing, the customer service and hospitality. And, you know, the industries sort of, you know, mesh up together because, you know, you're dealing with people. And then I also used to live in the New York and New Jersey area. And I also used to do uh, musical promotion and, you know, put bands and uh, artists and clubs and such. No shit. And, uh, yeah. And, um, you know, I've been a little bit all over, even though I'm based here in central Florida and, you know, about 10 years ago, I wrote this script and I never thought anything would have come of it. And there's a friend of mine that happens to work for an unnamed studio that happened to see the script and he wanted to take off and, you know, you know, like Steve, Steve Miller, take the money and run. And I wasn't too keen on that. And so I started tackling it. And ever since then, um, you know, about 17 months ago, we've been going 200 miles an hour. And now we're one of the fastest growing brands in indie horror right now. Um, We have been on virtually any and every horror magazine publication. Um, You guys are actually my 74th podcast that I've done regarding the film. Um, and you know, it's just, um, for me being a first time filmmaker, it's just, it's insane. Um, I've had the pleasure of meeting some people in this business that I never thought I would. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of grown on me extremely quickly. And I've sort of taken to this business. Um, because one thing that most people don't really know about me is I have no film school experience. I have no business school experience. And, um, yeah, I also never graduated college. And pretty much up until about five months ago, I've been doing all the marketing, the casting, the location scouting, um, the producing, the writing, everything by myself. Wow. So are you like super excited to have this thing coming out and actually have a real fucking movie happening? I mean, that seems like it would be just incredible. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I was always one of those people that I always told myself that if I was going to do this business, I was going to do it right. And I was going to do it with every, excuse me, with everything all in. Because, you know, I know that the success rate in this business is few and far between. And so I'm not willing to start off with a garage movie. I'm not willing to start off with a VHS camcorder movie that's going to make me look stupid. No, I'm trying to build a brand. I'm trying to, you know, my, my movie is also unique in the fact that I, you know, have a half and half cast. I have a cast of, you know, half of my cast is experienced in this industry, um, especially in the indie horror scene and the indie genre scene. And then I have the other half of my cast that's relative newcomers Mm -hmm. out of the central Florida area. And, you know, it's my, it's my goal to, you know, put the spotlight on everybody, especially this local area, you know, and, you know, really give some notoriety back to indie horror um, and, uh, you know, really do some good things for people um, because that's, that's what I want to accomplish because my end game is, uh, you know, to have a, a studio 
to where, you know, I can cover music, television, movies, and everything. Hey, Nick, I was um, looking at the cast list on IMDb, and it says you have uh, Lloyd Kaufman in the film? Yes, uh, Lloyd Kaufman. You know, uh, I had the pleasure of shooting an awesome cameo for us uh, last November in Tampa over at Paradise City Comic Con. And it was an amazing experience. Uh, the guy is so nice. Um, he, he became quickly everybody's grandfather. Um, one of the, and it's just, uh, you know, a, a lot of people ask me, how did I achieve that? You know, because uh, the last film that he actually did prior to Safe Place was Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, so a lot of people uh, wonder how I managed to accomplish it. And it, it was just a matter of reaching out to him on Facebook and he loved the idea and he loved the script and, uh, you know, he was more than happy to oblige and, oh man, you know, I, I couldn't ask for anything better. Well, you know, um, there, there's, you know, there's always room for the future. Um, I have at least a dozen projects that I have in planning. Um, most of them in my head, you know, half of them are not on paper. Um, some really exciting things that people don't even know about yet. And, um, you know, I would be more than willing to do something with Troma and with Lloyd in the future. Um, right now, you know, with Safe Place, it's not really uh, a Troma film. And so I, I, I can't say that, uh, you know, we'll be in, in depth anymore with Safe Place together. Right. But, you know, uh, the, the future is a very bright thing. Cool. So what else? What else do you have? What do you have coming up after this, Nick? Anything? Anything specifically that you can talk about, or is it just kind of like under wraps at this point? Well, you know, there's a few things. There's a few things that I can talk about. Little tidbits. Um, I'm actually uh, one of the next things that I'm going to be doing. Um, of course, also in the midst of writing Safe Place Two, uh, because Safe Place is actually uh, the first in a trilogy oh. uh, of films. Uh, you know, so that's a little tidbit of information that not many people know. Uh, so you guys get sort of an exclusive here. There you go. Um, the other, one of the other projects I'm doing is uh, an, a horror anthology, actually, um, called Wander Tales. And uh, Wander Tales is derived from the German term about fairy tales. And essentially, I am going to do something very unique. Um, I'm gathering some of the greatest indie horror filmmakers from around the world. Um, and I am creating this horror anthology that basically every, each filmmaker will have the, their own free reign to do their own unique take on either a popular fairy tale, um, a popular fable or cryptozoology case. Nice. And, um, you know, I have, I have, uh, filmmakers from Istanbul, um, from Chicago, uh, from Canada, um, from Los Angeles that are going to be involved in this. And I haven't, invo- I haven't announced anybody yet, but uh, I, they have made some really big marks on indie horror over the past five years or so. And that's going to be really exciting. Um, and then after that, um, I'm also working on a script for um, basically what I'm pitching is uh, Tremors on a Beach. Um, sense, you know, yes, fucking sharks. <laughs> um, I want to do a practical effects monster movie mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, with animatronics and with puppeteers and, um, it's essentially going to be, uh, you know, I want to shoot it in the middle of spring break here in central Florida. 
um, on either Cocoa Beach or Daytona Beach. And, uh, you know, so we can take advantage of oodles of extras. Yeah. Oh, man. And, um, you got me sold already. <laughs> Just say the yeah. word, man. All right. And, um, you know, I, I, it's not going to be something hokey like Sharknado or, right. you know, a sci-fi Sand channel. Um, yeah, you know, I want to do, so if I'm going to do, I always said, if I'm going to do a monster movie, I want to do something that's really cool and doesn't use any crappy CGI and, you know, it goes back to the old practical effects and, uh, you know, um, so that's that's the only other project that I'm really doing outside of uh, the safe place. Nice, man. The, the the more I hear, the more I'm ready for it. Every bit of everything that you said gets me more excited about it. It's super stoked. Great, sounds great. Hey, awesome. You know, uh, you know, I my my entire goal is to make some you know some stuff that is unique and that people don't normally see. Um, that, that goes along with my production company named black heart, uh, pictures. Um, cause it's basically, you know, whatever comes out of black heart pictures is out of the black hearts of men, you know, whatever stories are out of the black hearts of men. That's, you know, sort of what the name means. All right, dude. Well, thanks for joining us. So, um, what, what we do first, uh, on our show, typically Nick, is we start out with, uh, we call it cool of the week, man. And since you're our guest, we, we would like to ask you first, of course, this is assuming you've had time with all the shit you got going on, but uh, uh, what's the coolest thing you've seen this week, man? The Flatliners trailer. Uh, uh, for, uh, we're going to talk for, about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd have to say that that was pretty awesome. You know, um, I, I'm a little, I was a little confused by it. Obviously, you know, when we talk about trailers more, we'll, we'll cover it. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd have to say that was the coolest thing I've seen this week. All right. Well, that, may, that makes one of us, dude. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a child of the 80s, man. I was kind of pissed off by it. But, you know, that's just my personal problem. It's different. I don't know. Ah, hey, you know, <laughs> me as well, you know, I kind of thought that, you know, I thought that Kiefer Sutherland was involved in, in a bigger respect, and I thought it was a direct sequel. Yeah, but, you know, I didn't even see him in the trailer, man. Yeah, I know it was one of those things that you know. Here's here's my problem with marketing. You know, the sequels that aren't supposed to be um, parts of the original uh, story arc. Right. You know, we saw this issue with with the new Ghostbusters. Yeah, how like, they marketed reimagining. Yeah, well, what they did was is they told everybody this has absolutely nothing to do with the previous Ghostbusters. This has nothing to do with the previous Ghostbusters. But mm-hmm. then the first trailer they released, the first words that popped on the screen right. were 30 years ago. Yes. You yes. remember them or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you're either part of the original story or you're not a part of the original story. You're either a sequel or you're a remake. You know, um, I, I don't really see a whole lot of wiggle room in the black and white there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, my, my cool of the week, every, every once in a while we go, we go a little bit outside, uh, you know, just your normal TV show or film. Like 90% of the time, that's what we cover. But um, as the listeners will know, and these guys, I'm a, I'm a pretty avid reader. And uh, I actually read uh, Justin Xavier's book, uh, Deviant. Um, Brian, I know you, you know Justin, right? Yes. Yeah, I know he was on uh, he was on Denny's After Midnight uh, podcast about a month ago. They talked about movie legends, um, but I, I went and bought the book. I, I couldn't get it. I've actually got a uh, a Nook, so I couldn't download it. I actually had to wait for the paperback to get here. 
Um, but it's called Deviant, and the first couple of chapters in, I thought, wow, this is pretty aptly named, because this dude is a fucking sexual deviant. <laughs> but what's really cool about this book is the more you get into it, you start to kind of realize that the, that the title is, I think, a little bit ironic, and he's actually not necessarily the deviant. Uh, it, it has a lot to do with like acceptance of of the way people are and the way they grow up and what and and what causes them to be the way that they are. It's actually a pretty a, a pretty deep book, a lot more than I thought it was going to be. I I don't know what I was expecting, but there was a lot more, I, I guess, insightful psychology about what does it mean to be a deviant? What does it mean to be different from other people? Should you be judged for having these feelings and these thoughts and stuff like that? And what really got me, what, what punched me in the stomach was the ending. It was an incredibly dark ending. So suddenly you feel something about the bad guy. Man, he's not uh, really the bad guy, though. It's just sounds like, like a, safe place. All right, I'll, tell, I'll put it to you this way. In the, all right, could be, but in the first couple of chapters, I thought, this dude is fucking out there. You know, because Justin really shocks you. Like yeah. in the first chapter, you're reading about what this guy's up to, and you're like, holy shit, this guy's out there. And then you start to learn more about what led him to be the way that he was. And it kind of starts to kind of all come together. By the time you get to the end of it and you re- you realize, you know, he, he just like anybody else, the dude just wants to be loved, you know, and he has a moral compass that he sticks to. And it's not like he's, you know, like a pedophile or raping people or anything like that. He, his choices are just different from what some people's choices might be. And so by the time you get to the end of it and you realize what happened to him, you're like, damn, dude, that's fucked up. That shouldn't have happened to that guy. Yeah, it's a very, very dark ending. It's kind of like when we interviewed Christian Torp and he said comedy and horror were very similar. Yeah. Um, it's your favorite genre. I, I can kind of see it because he, he mar- Justin markets it as a comedy. In fact, I think he calls it like a deviant, a comedy. Okay. But there's a lot of horror in there by the time you get to the end of it. Good book. Good read. Classic. Uh man, my uh my cool of the week. Uh I, I rewatched The Force Awakens. Uh and it was probably cooler than it was the first time. Like going back and watching the uh uh the cinematography of the whole thing where they have uh like where the light shines in over one side and like over Emperor Snope and all that. Uh man, it was it was great. It was it was so much better than I remembered it, and uh, I'm so looking forward to the to to the next one. Uh, I didn't didn't really expect that to happen, but uh, I was just trying to show my six year old, and uh, man, everybody in the whole room was just dumbfounded by the whole movie. It was great. Uh, my cool of the week is a couple things. Um, of course, I'm still chopping away at that uh, Facebook group list. No, oh, um, yeah. We- uh, <laughs> You're gonna be doing that for a minute. <laughs> yeah, this one was from a friend of the show, Patrick. Uh, Return of the Living Dead Three, which uh, recently uh-huh. just got a Blu-ray release, and um, it, it's it's okay. It's uh, it's got a, uh, some good practical effects in it. You know, um, it was suggested because I guess Patrick felt like it had a good, strong female lead in it. Uh, kind of deviates from the. Um, previous i guess kind of storylines of the the first two movies but um it was a good watch my other one uh which was uh kind of surprising to me how much i liked it was uh power rangers the movie oh, oh, shit fuck the, you man the new one <laughs> yeah shit dude when my son used to watch I, I i liked it the movie 
Yeah, yeah I, I liked it. Fun. Okay, it took some chances. You know, it was fun. It was it was um <laughs> I didn't expect it because I've never watched a show not not a single second of it. See, yeah, Power and um, my thing either. Yeah, and um I just thought this movie was a lot of fun, and it's just a really shame. It's a shame that it didn't make the money to generate. I don't think it's going to generate a sequel. Nah, I've sorry. heard rumors. Oh, I, that... I I think it has. Yeah, I, I think they already announced a sequel. In oh, fact, really? yeah. Yeah, because um, I heard I heard rumors that because of the toy sales, um, it was going to get a sequel. Because I guess they planned a, a six movie story arc total. Oh shit, six movies! Well, yes, um, Lance, give it give it a try. It's not it's not the TV show. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that uh, that really surprised me. That that was probably my um, cool. Yeah, that was definitely my cool little week right there. Nice. All right. All right, Brian. So you know you know what time it is now, man. Uh, is it time for horror headlines? It's time for horror headlines, man. <laughs> uh, I don't uh, speak. Yeah, speaking for myself, that was my original Batman. As yeah. far as uh, on screen, uh, passed away recently. We also lost uh, Rocky and Karate Kid director John G. Alvinson. No, uh, he just passed away. Uh, I believe a day or two ago. And um, mm. condolences to the family. Um, a lot of losses this year. Pretty sure. Oh man, you, you can't forget about uh, Glenn Headley. Oh, oh that's yes. right. That's right. From Dick Tracy, you know. Telling yeah, you, that oh, was, uh, that, that, that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Every week, there's like three or four new big ass people. Well, dude, it's called life dropped. and death, man. You know, I mean, I, I don't mean to throw a wet blanket on it, but I mean, fuck, we're all gonna die one day, right, Nick? Not yeah, that's, that's, I mean, it's very true. You know, it's just, I, I think people are mostly shocked by the fact that, you know, uh, people like Keith Richards are still on tour. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Getting blood transfusions yeah. every other day, right? I imagine he has some sort of demonic. <laughs> hey, you know, Mick, Mick, ja- Mick Jagger's got a 30 year old girlfriend, okay? Um, he, he must well, be doing something right. Yeah. It's a secret to life. My hat's off to him, man. Uh, I guess we should all get 30-year-old girlfriends. <laughs> Quiet. Our wives are downstairs. We're going to walk up any minute. All right, what else, Brian? Okay, a um, little bit of comic book movie news. Um, they just announced uh, who will be directing the next X-Men movie, and it will not be Brian Singer. Woo! Uh, Simon Kinberg will direct the next movie, and... Um, Pretty much uh, the uh, the previous cast is returning with um, rumored Jessica Chastain to be okay. joining the cast. Nick, are you familiar Jessica with Simon Kinberg? Am I am I familiar with Kinberg? Yeah. Um, the, 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 the name rings a bell. Um, you know, it, it's what it, it, yeah, the name rings a bell. I can't place it though. Okay. I think this will be his directorial debut. I think he's done oh. a lot of writing and producing. Ah, oh, there you go. Well, okay. I don't know about that. <laughs> it's it's not very good. Okay, we've seen what happens when we let first time directors tackle a franchise entry. Yeah, right. especially if they're rebooting the whole X Men series, which it sounds like they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that ought to be fun. Yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> well, we've uh, like seen what happens. Well, I mean, it's one of those things, from what I hear, um, they're also looking to eventually, you know, cast a new Wolverine. And, um, we've talked about you know, that. 
I'm sorry, dude. I don't know. You, man. Oh, no, 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 no. But, you know, it, it's one of those things. I, I, I don't know. It, right now, the, I mean, the, it's, it's, right now, the, the story arc sort of reminds me of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre story arc. There's all these prequels and in-between prequels and sequels and reboots. And I, I don't know what universe they're taking place in. I don't know who's still alive. Who, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. I think they need to start from a clean slate. I'm okay with that if it's a new uh, director or whatever, but they need to like just completely start from a screen uh, a clean slate. I I would like it if they went in more of a uh, like comic book type of direction. You know what I mean? You mean Where animated have, or what? Well, not necessarily animated, but like a like a 300 style kind of thing, mm-hmm. or uh, you know um, something something along that nature. I think that would be super cool. Well, yeah, you know, I, I'm really excited to see what they do with New Mutants because they're sort of saying that it's supposed to be um, going like the horror route. That's what we You know, and um, it, it's one of those things that it, it kind of it kind of irks you when you hear about okay, the action franchises are going to go the horror route, mm-hmm. but what about the horror franchises, i.e., like you know, our dark universe? Uh, that are going uh, action. Yeah. That are going. That are going the action route. Yeah, oh, and boy. it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I haven't seen it yet. So I'm waiting. Right. It wasn't awful. It was still fun, but it, it wasn't. It uh, not what I expected it to be. <laughs> uh, well, as long as they don't put creature from the black lagoon, I'm fine. Yeah. There good, you go. Good luck, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. They better make that one good. Okay, um, we previously talked about uh, another Conjuring spinoff movie, The Crooked Man. It right. is now confirmed to be happening with, uh, and it's going to be written by Mike Van Ways, who we we've talked about him before. Um, he's the one that's trying to write uh, a Wizard of Oz horror movie. Okay, uh, and um, it's uh, the Crooked Man's also going to be produced by James Wan, so he, he's still going to be involved in. Uh, this whole Conjuring universe. Uh, James Wan, everything. He's touching everything now. Yeah. He's kind of awesome. Although, you know, I just watched The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2, and still as great as the first time I watched it. But The Crooked Man, I think, was my probably least favorite part of that movie. Even though he was super creepy, it was uh, a little more... Uh... Like extraterrestrial instead of like real, you know? What yeah, I mean? yeah. Well, I, I'm really psyched because I heard the rumor that the next Conjuring spinoff is supposed to um, have to do with the Warrens and the Werewolf case. Oh, yeah, that they're really. famous for. Yeah, I read a little bit more about that. Like, it's more of a like. I, I think that the guy that was supposed to be a werewolf um, was possessed or something, and he. Right thinks he's a uh, becomes a werewolf or thinks he becomes a werewolf like so lycanthropy the yeah, disease so, yeah so it, it sounds uh, pretty interesting i'll watch it man i i don't think they've really gone wrong yet and uh i i know they're supposed to be making a spinoff of the uh the demonic nun and uh i'm, I'm totally down for that because she's she, he, Marilyn Manson looking motherfuckers, creepy as shit. <laughs> I think they should. I think they should get Whoopi Goldberg to play the role. Oh, that would be awesome. 
Oh, man. Okay, uh, speaking of the Conjuring movie, uh, the family from the first movie, The Parents, um, might be getting a movie based on um, their story uh, because uh, I guess uh, one of the daughters had uh, written a book called a book series called House of Darkness, House of Light that basically chronicles all the events. And they're saying that it wasn't really captured in the first movie because I guess it happened over a 10 year period. Okay. So this is from the first Conjuring. Yes. Okay. Uh, um, This movie has nothing to do with the Conjuring series. It's, it's going to be its Mm -hmm. own um, possible trilogy of movies. Huh? And, uh, okay, um, but same so, um, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it does sound interesting because she has said basically um, the Conjuring could not have compressed ten years into a two-hour movie. So, right, it was uh, 10 very years interested. Of stuff? To, oh, yeah, I met these people. That sounds fun. <laughs> That's a lot. Of fun. <laughs> 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 Fucking ten. So, um, uh, I'm actually looking forward to that. Um, I kind of wanted to see more because uh, I guess there was other things happen. Like they, they. Um, I guess they left out of the original story from The Conjuring that uh, Ed Warren, they threw him out the house because of a seance that had went uh, horribly wrong. Huh. And um, other situations like that that wasn't really talked about in the movie. I hadn't heard so. of any of that. I don't yeah, know, man. See, so. the movie was creepy as hell. But see, was I, I, was, I was doing some work at a lady's house. I'm an electrician. And uh, I, like we, she was showing me the attic and telling me all these stories about ghosts. And I, like there was something moving in the attic. And I'm almost positive that it was a squirrel or a rat. Logical explanation, that, right? But that was like her 10-year thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> if it happens all at once, it's totally different. <laughs> see, see, I have the same problem. We, we had a, you know, I had this, you know, really big colonial house over in the New York, New Jersey area. And, oh, man, we, we had these terrible, terrible noises up in our attic. And, you know, we had people investigate, and lo and behold, it was just Andy Dick. Um. <laughs> that motherfucker oh. will stay anywhere. He, he, yeah, he, he, you name it, he'll be there. <laughs> I know. I wondering what happened to him. Did you get an autograph or like a black eye or Well, something? he was in Sense8, Brian. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he, he was? He showed up in Sense8 as he was a gay he? movie director that hired the, the one character that was gay that wouldn't come out of the closet. <laughs> I totally need to watch that. <laughs> it's a great show. Have you seen that, Nick? Oh, man. Um, my fiance actually turned me on to it. She's devastated uh, that they ended up canceling it. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, lo and behold, I mean, it was an incredibly expensive show to make. No. Because I'm um, all... I mean, all the locations that they actually shot in, they actually shot in, um, you know, and it's one of those things that, uh, you know, somebody else made a really good point that the more viewers it got, it's the more that it costs for Netflix to stream them to the various devices and households. I read so that. therefore it costs more for them. Yeah. Interesting. I wish they would at least wrap it up with a movie because they did uh, on that second season. I think they tied it together pretty well in the final episode. Yeah, yeah. They they kind of had the bad guys on top halfway through the final episode, and by the end of it, the good guys were right on top, like in a position to do the end game, and then they just fade to black. Is it worth continued? But it's not going to be continued. Is it worth watching if I haven't seen any of it? You know what? Just to see the like like Nick is saying, just to go to watch it. I watched the documentary of how they filmed the first season, uh-huh. and they actually literally got the entire crew in Berlin and filmed for like 
three weeks in Berlin. Well, and then they moved the entire crew to Chicago and filmed expensive. for three weeks in Chicago. <laughs> and then they moved the entire crew to India and filmed for three weeks. I mean, it is a, it, it's, it's amazing what they pulled together to do this. But I can, I can only imagine how expensive it was, Nick. But storyline-wise. Oh, yeah. It's you know, I mean, it's awesome. I just hope they tie it together. I'm relatively happy with where they ended it. Yeah. If they would just pull everything together and have an end game, I'd be fine with like a two-hour movie. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's going to end up on the list of one of those things that either hopefully Hulu or Amazon or somebody will pick up the right yeah. and, you know, plead with the Wachowskis um, in order to get some sort of movie or to do a spinoff of the property. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fans, uh, you know, fans go a long way. Um, look at stuff like Veronica Mars. Um, True. Which, you yeah. know, that came out like 10, I mean, 10 years after, right? Oh yeah. And I mean, I mean, look at things that are just coming back now, like, uh, you know, properties like Roseanne, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, there, I mean, and then there's others that are even being rumored. You know, but I mean, it, it, it's one of those things that it, it's it, it's it's sort of hard to calculate. But I, I'm confident that the brand is that the Sensate brand is attractive enough that somebody will do something with it. It's just a matter of when. But until then, it's going to sit there with Heroes and Chuck and and uh, Serenity or not Serenity Firefly. Oh my God, all the fanboys are going to kill me. Yep. Uh, that's, but it's going to sit there with sort of, you know, that feeling of unresolved, um, which, is unfor- which is unfortunate. Because <laughs> right. there's actually, um, Lance, I don't know if you saw, and I don't know how many of you other guys are my uh, friends on Facebook, but there was actually um, a, 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 a topic that I posted on Facebook the other day about that, which was, um, what was your favorite movie or television show that either ended abruptly or was canceled, you know, stuff like Married with Children that was canceled without ever having a final episode. It's uh, a great question. Brian, what, what would be your answer to that, man? You know what? I've I, I seen that post and I didn't answer because I, I, I was really thinking hard about it. That, that, I'm still thinking about that one. Uh, that, was a good, that was a good one there. Married with Children never got a final episode. Yeah, but... Yeah, and I mean, okay, there's been rumors... Well, okay, here's the thing. I mean, Meredith Children, I mean, we can all be on it. I mean, I love Meredith Children. I still, I mean, I'm watching, I mean, yeah. Um, it's one of, but it's one of those things that um, towards the ending of the series, obviously it jumped the shark, you know, when they got the seven kid. And then, you know, um, when they stopped, because I remember at one point they stopped doing the opening song altogether. And they were just like, screw oh, it. I don't remember that. Like, remember, not- I remember, Nick, I remember when they went to London. Do you remember that? to, to follow Yeah, that, that, that was awesome. That, that was hilarious when they, when they tried to kill the Bundys. I thought that could um, jump the shark, dude. <gasps> oh, well, I mean, that was still, I mean, that was way early on in the series, which, I mean, a lot of people right. argue, I mean, it was a very up and down series. But, I mean, there's, even with that brand, there's been rumblings for the better part of 10 years about doing uh, a, a spinoff with David Faustino's character. <laughs> that would uh, be great, man. Christina. Oh, I know. But see, I mean, it's one of those things that, I mean, it's the times. I mean, sure. do, would, the, would the same jokes translate? You know, because I know me. I know that I had to, my father had to sneak me when I was a kid to watch Married with Children because my mom wouldn't let me watch it. 
And that was still around the time that people were actually calling and complaining about married with children. Oh, yeah. You know, and I remember my mother, okay, my mother, God rest her soul, she called the M- she called MTV about Beavis and Butthead, okay? Uh, so, you know. I love that show. On, that was dude. my favorite. <laughs> so, you know, I was a little sheltered there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, we met, when we were at Texas Frightmare, we met Amanda Beers. She's awesome. Oh, yeah. She oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. she gave Marcy. us the sound. Oh, Frightmare. Yeah. If, if you guys have not gotten the opportunity yet, go check out a documentary called You're So Cool, Brewster, The Making of Fright Night. Oh, oh yes. Okay. Oh, we should totally do that. Have you, Brian, oh, have man. you seen it? Oh, it's, like, it's, seen it. it's three hours long. Yeah. But it, it, covers, it covers the first film and the second film. And even a little bit about the you know terrible remake. But um, it, <laughs> but I mean, it, 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 but uh, I mean, great documentary, and I mean, you can tell that she's so because Amanda Beers hasn't done anything since Married with Children, um, you know, and uh, you know, I'd really uh, here's uh, you know, if Amanda Beers is listening, I would love to do something with you uh, if you ever want to come out of this, you know, ever want to come back into acting. Did we give her a T-shirt? Wow! Did give her a card? No, Let's I didn't give her. her a T-shirt. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll reach out to her on Facebook, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Brian. What else, man? Uh, that is pretty much all we have, guys. It's been a slow right. news week. Um, we got Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con coming up. So, um, right. I don't a lot of. Oh, hey, could, could I ask you guys a question? Yes. Yeah. Sure. Did you guys hear about Adam Lingard um, being added as director to Godzilla versus Kong? Yes. Yeah. I am. I am all for that right there. I'm totally okay. Yes. You know, Adam Lingard. I I love the guest. The guest is probably one of my top ten movies of the last five years. And then, I mean, what he did with Blair Witch. Yeah, Dan 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 Stevens was something else in that one, huh? Yeah. And, oh man! Uh, Did you get Dan Stevens has a bright future. I predict Dan. I predict Dan Stevens Academy Award winner eventually. Yeah, I'm absolutely. just saying it right here. You heard it. Yeah, first, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know he was in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I didn't know either. He was in Beauty and the Beast. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> He's still spacing out in that Legion show. Yes. Oh, Legion that guy. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't get into Legion. I, I tried to. I couldn't even get past the first episode. I loved it. I watched the whole thing, and it got a little long there in the middle. But I, I loved the whole season. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty dense to say the least. Nick. Uh, I liked it. I, it was cool. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so you're in. You're in. Uh, you're in Florida now. What part of Florida are you in, Nick? Um, I am in a little town called Titusville. Um, okay. You know, you may have heard of it if you're a fan of the Unbreakable Kenny Schmidt. Um, uh, if not, <laughs> I'm not. No. <laughs> um, if not, then uh, it's known as a little town that's about an hour north of uh, Cape Canaveral. Okay. They got any trailer parks in that town? Yeah, <laughs> I think they. Oh yeah. Trailer parks. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's Florida. We have everything. You know, uh, Florida's right. always in the headlines. Yeah, and I know, I know you guys. Uh, I know every once in a while, you get you guys will get some pretty big storms through there, right? And that's when. Oh, oh yeah! Oh, oh, it's been it's been, it's been terrible and ugly the past week and a half or something. You know, uh, it, it's 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 terrible. It, it must it must mean something's going on with Disney or something. I don't know. <laughs> that's when the uh, tornadoes track you down because we're taking a little trip 
to the trailer park. The trailer park? Um, Nick brought it up earlier. I think we're going to lead off with Flatliners. Starring Nina uh, Dobrev, Ellen Page, Diego Luna, Kiersey Clemens, Charlotte McKinney, James Norton, and, of course, Kiefer Sutherland. Judos and Flatliners? <laughs> yep. All right, you guys talk. I, did, I wasn't impressed, so no? go ahead. Um, I wanted to uh, also mention, I, I'm kind of with there with Nick. I was a little confused because it... it it seemed like two different movies. I don't know the the tone. It was like two different tones of the movie. Yeah, but I think it started with like Flatliners and then ended with something original. Oh, absolutely! I was saying yeah. that uh, I was talking about Keeper Sutherland and that you know he may end up having an integral part in the film that we just don't know about, and that might be their marketing strategy. Hmm. Oh, there you okay. go. Okay, that's interesting. Luke Scott. I mean, they- they could keep it under wraps. I mean, you know, nobody knew that Drew Barrymore was going to die the first five minutes of Scream. True. Mm-hmm. True. 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 And that was um, genius. Yeah. We got a release date of September 29th coming out this year. All right. Oh, sure. so it, oh, that's terrible. You realize what date that is, right? What date is it, that, man? They're going head to head with it. Oh, that's not going to work very well. You've got to be kidding. <laughs> that was a bad yeah, idea. Yeah, if, 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 uh, if I'm correct, it gets released the same day. Nah, that date's going to change, man. Yeah, especially that, that's, that's change, for a movie man. like Flatliners, they should definitely move that. All right, I'm doing a quick fact check here. It is coming out September 8th. Okay, oh, okay. so they are, they are far apart. But still, um, still, I mean, that's very close together. But I mean, in October, they're also releasing um, The Nun and Saw 8 back-to-back. Yes. Yes, okay. Flatliners is actually going up against the Kingsman sequel. Ooh, that's Mm -hmm. good, too. I know which one I'm picking. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck you. Okay, so nobody's going to go see Flatliners on the opening weekend. Not me, dude. (laughs) Well, I mean, they'd have to pick a weekend when nothing is coming out for that, you know? I mean, we'll see. Like like Philip said, Ellen Page is a good good little actress. I just don't see this being a great movie. Yeah, personally speaking, I will check it out. But if it's going up against Kingsman, you know, I I would rather go see Kingsman first. Oh, yeah. Uh, the only reason I'm going to check it out is because of Ellen Page, because I loved her in Hard Candy. If anybody remembers that one. Nick, if you had seen that movie, man, you read Great my mind. Great movie. <laughs> oh, man, I, I love it. You know, nothing, nothing more than a cute little adorable girl um, torturing somebody. Oh, man. <laughs> you know what? I, I couldn't I couldn't watch. Uh, uh, who, who was the actor that was in it? He was in Fargo, remember? Patrick Wilson, yes. Yes, I could not watch him in anything for about five years after this movie came out. Wow. I was just so sick of him. What's that, Nick? I said uh, Patrick Wilson was amazing in Bone Tomahawk. Yes, what a great movie. The next one we're going to move into is Black Panther. Looked pretty good to me. Okay, this too. Yeah, this is uh, quite a cast list we got here. We got, of course, Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lapita Nyong'o, Denai Guerrera, Martin Freeman, Daniel Kaluuya, Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker, and, of course, Andy Serkis. Well, um, I, I thought this was awesome. Yeah, yeah I thought this trailer cast. was fantastic. 
I am this this kind of moved up on my anticipation list for next year. Um, I love the music they have playing in the background, man. It's uh, yeah, cool yeah. Ass. A cool ass trailer. You know what I loved most about the trailer, guys? What's that? That it didn't that it didn't have to pack it full of other Marvel Universe people in order to keep people entertained. Oh yeah, I didn't like Spider-Man. Yeah, because yeah, you did. You did. You didn't have to put a whole bunch of other people in it from the other movies, and that shows me that it's that Marvel is very confident in Black Panther. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, from a little bit of research I did, we're we're getting introduced to so many new characters. I don't think you need anybody else. Yeah. Um, well, I know there. I know we're getting um, random superheroes, and you wind up like DC. Yeah, because I, I know we're, as, as as far as like villains, we're getting we're getting at least three villains introduced in this movie. Okay. There might be a Winter Soldier cameo because I uh, I know if you guys remember the end of uh, Civil War. Yes. Yeah. But um, I think Nick, you're right. I don't think it, I don't think it needs it. I think they're confident enough. Uh, the director is uh, Ryan Coogler, who did uh, Fruitvale Station and Creed. Oh wow, he is good, man. So, oh yeah, I, I love Creed. Yes, yes, yeah. I did too, man. I was fist pump, fist pumping on that on that scene that he was uh, running with all the guys on the motorcycles. Yeah. that was amazing. <laughs> Very good movie. So um, I uh, I think with this cast list and and the director and um, he de- uh, Black Panther was definitely a standout in Civil War. So I I think this movie's uh, is going to be big for Marvel. Rock on! All right. As long as uh, Thomas Hayden Church isn't one of the three villains, <laughs> that, uh, <Shades> of <laughs> you know, yeah, then, then I think we'll be fine. Or yeah. <laughs> right. for Grace. Speaking of big, what's our next trailer, man? Um, I'm gonna throw this to you, Nick. Um, we spoke a little bit about your movie earlier. Um, you want to tell us uh, as far as uh, who's in it and um, a little bit more about uh, uh, about the movie? Absolutely. Um, you know, we have Safe Place. Uh, the trailer obviously is out on YouTube as well as on the Facebook site right now. And Safe Place is about six students that attend a party to celebrate their friend's successful art show opening. And the presence happens to trigger memories of a traumatic event in the host's past. And he resolves to positively impact the course of their lives instead by ending them. And, you know, it stars Ashley Mary Nunez, who starred in the breakout hit last year, All Through the House. Um, Lara Jean Mamere, who starred in another breakout hit from last year to Jennifer and a movie that just came out on video on demand and iTunes called Anomaly that you should check out right now. Um, we have Genevieve Rossi, who's known as the queen of cult horror. Um, more recently, she's going to be starring in death house with Sid Haig and Kane Hodder, Robert England, D Wallace, Barbara Crampton, um, and Michael Berryman, The Expendables of Horror is what it's being called. Wow. Um, we have Jordan Phipps, uh, who starred in Richard Stringham's Close Calls um, that comes out later this year. That's a, becoming a very big festival hit. And um, we have a lot of really awesome local talents. We have Ivalice Drez, who's playing Nina. We have James Taylor, not the singer, um, <laughs> who's going to be playing our prim- primary antagonist. Right. But what if he died like the first? Chris Craven would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> would be funny. What's that? 
Yeah. James, James Taylor. <laughs> what if he died in the first place? Oh, yeah, that that, that would have off. some value to <laughs> he, he didn't see fire and he didn't see rain. <laughs> but, uh, no, and, you know, we have uh, a stellar, you know, rest. Uh, you know, we have a stellar, you know, young cast that everybody can go on the IMDb page and uh, take a look at. You know, Lloyd Kaufman, obviously the mayor of Tromaville, uh, mm-hmm. makes an appearance in the film. And the trailer that everybody sees uh, is something that's very unique for us um, because uh, I made it. I think I did that very effectively. Um, you know, without giving too much away, the trailer essentially takes place halfway through the film. Um, it is sort of the the point of view of what you're getting. Okay, and, yeah, that makes um, more sense now. Then, yeah. And, um, you know, there's uh, a lot more exciting things that are coming on the horizon for that. I, you got a character in there that, that, uh, that plays Officer Hunt. Is, is that any yes. uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. That was, uh, you know, shameless self-promotion. Um, one, of the, one, you know, one of the things that I did with a lot of, uh, a lot of the characters is you're going to see some sort of uh, pokes and some homages, um, you know, most notably, um, which, uh, you know, the latest article from Joe Blow, he called, he's like, oh man, I, he's like, I love the name of your villain, Chris Craven. It sounds like a superhero horror villain. Yeah. Right. And I, I was like, well, you know what it is, it's a, it's a very good um, in memoriam to Christopher Lee and Wes Craven. Um, uh. That's essentially uh, where I got the name. And, you know, we both, lo- we, we lost both of them over the past couple of years and that was really heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to sort right. of give an homage to that. Oh, um, you know, uh, one of the, the main inspiration for the villain Chris Craven is Christopher Lee and Wes Craven. Um, you know, we both, we lost both of them over the past few years and it was something that was very, you know, uh, near and dear to my heart that I do something to, you know, perfectly capture them. And mm-hmm. I think that I did in creating this villain. Awesome, nice. dude. Well, we're looking forward to it, man. So you guys ready to move on to talking about our featured attractions tonight? Absolutely. All right. Well, this uh, this week, folks, it's time to dive into. <laughs> see how I did that? Get it? <laughs> dive into. Because it's a shark? Yeah, because it's deep ah, water and sharks, all that bullshit. Okay. <laughs> The new film, 47 Meters Down, as well as taking a look at 1999's Deep Blue Sea. So, uh, Nick, when we talk about these movies, the first thing I do is I throw out a little bit of trivia, give, give folks some background. The director of Deep Blue Sea was Rennie Harlan, also known, of course, for A Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and The Long Kiss Goodnight. Uh, writers, Duncan Kennedy, Donna Powers, and Wayne Powers. Austin wasn't part of it. Uh, the license plate pulled from a shark's teeth in one scene is the same exact license plate as the one found in the tiger shark in Jaws. Anybody else notice that? Uh, I, I did not notice No. Now you know. <laughs> uh, 14 different visual effects houses worked on the film Sharks. Uh, that's probably in your budget, right, Nick? You know, not for you know, not for that extensive. Uh, you know, plus we're not using any CGI, so it's going to be incredibly different. Gotcha. 
Uh, Rennie Harlan has said that Deep Blue Sea was the hardest film he's ever made. Uh, we usually, when we when we talk about the movie, we say just a little bit about it and we give our ratings. And typically, if our guest wants to go first, we give them that opportunity. Nick, would you like to uh, say something about this film first? Well, you know, um, I love Deep Blue Sea. Um, you know, it's always fun whenever LL Cool J does a horror effort. Um, yeah. I'm one of the few people that love his role in Halloween H2O, uh, despite many people saying that it was written poor and that it was poorly executed, but I love it. Um, you know, and then Thomas Jane, uh, you know, was great in the film. He always will be my Punisher, regardless yeah. of whoever they cast in the role. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, uh, the effect the effects to me were great. Um, they don't translate as well on Blu-ray I've noticed. Huh. Um, but, uh, the, the effects are, are still reasonably good. Um, I love the story. Um, I don't like the opening very much. I think the opening was very cliche and they could have opted for something a little bit more risque in my eyes, um, okay. then sort of the, you know, the jaws, you know, the, the coming through the bottom of the boat. Uh, it was, it was very jaws two to me. Um, if yeah. that makes any sense to anybody. Yeah. Um, but you know, overall it was a great movie. Um, I would say, you know, I would say three out of four stars. Very good. Well guys, I haven't seen this one in a while and I did not get a chance to rewatch it. So we can move on to Brian or Philip, whoever wants to go next. Um, um, I'll go ahead and go. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I enjoyed this film. Uh, I really enjoyed the, the, the practical effects of the shark. I was uh, a little taken out. Uh, I see what you mean because I, I watched this on Blu-ray. I was a little taken out by the the CGI sharks. was a little off-putting to me. But overall, I, the movie was really fun. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a movie you, uh, you just you can't get too serious about it. I mean, they're yeah. genetically <laughs> altering the size of, of right. sharks' brains. And, um, the cast was great. Uh, you know, we got Thomas Jane, like you said, Michael Rappaport, Stellan Skarsgård, and uh, a little fact I found out about LL Cool J, the reason he survived in this movie is because they thought this movie was going to be a franchise. Oh, oh. Didn't happen. Yeah, that's right. I had heard um, they released a few months ago, actually. I think it was Bloody Disgusting that covered the story um, right. that leaked concept art or um, something else uh, that was pertinent to the film. And um, they were talking about a failed sequel, and I don't remember the specifics of it. Yeah, LL, LL was going to be uh, the, the star of the 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 sequel so that that was the whole reasoning of him surviving surviving his shark attack at the end and coming out as the um i guess quote-unquote hero at the end but you know i'm not other than yeah other than that um this this was just a fun shark movie i i i watched a whole bunch of shark movies this week and um i I didn't get that i get creeped out by the ocean and sharks Me too. I, I didn't get that with this one. It, it was just more fun, more action, and um, I like that because you know it was it was a change of pace from other shark movies. That's true. Yeah, I, and you know I kind of like the idea, but it turns into kind of more of a cheesy action movie uh, than anything resembling scary. 
<laughs> and 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 I kind of don't really give a shit about anybody in the movie except uh, LL Cool J. <laughs> Uh, it's fun to watch the way they die, though. Uh, I, I mean, it, it kind of makes me mad that the the supermodel mad scientist bitch makes it out alive. Uh, I was I was kind of rooting for her to get killed a little earlier. Um, yeah, she was not a she was not a very good. I, I don't remember another movie that she was. Uh, I mean, she was hot. Don't get me wrong, but she, she was hot, but she was just. I don't. I don't think she was a very good actress. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was. Brilliant, though, the way that they killed Samuel L. Jackson, spoiler alert, by the way, <laughs> right in the middle of his motivational speech. He's like, come on, motherfuckers, this is how it got. And there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, I, 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 I think LL Cool J was probably the best part of this movie. Uh, the ending, I, I, the whole movie was pretty decent. Uh, the ending is fucking terrible though uh i think where it really falls off the rails is uh where supermodel scientist a woman with a phd decides the only decision left is to cut her hand and to jump in the water because that that sounds like a fucking good idea yeah that that worked out so well for her right (laughs) and then you know the badass shark man (laughs) of course flips around like an underwater fucking ninja and avoids, uh, avoids the unstoppable giant shark and somehow still manages to kill him. Or somehow still lives. <laughs> so, I, I don't know, man. It was it was definitely fun, but uh, it, it it definitely is not a horror movie. It turned into a, a scary, cheesy action thing, and uh, LL Cool J was definitely the best part. Yeah, I mean, it, it did have the cheese. I mean, a parrot got eaten. Let's not right. forget that. The parrot was kind of cool, too. That was LL Cool J's buddy. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Nick, you gave it, what, four out of five stars? Yes, sir. Yeah. What do you think, Brian? Um, I'm going to – I had I had a lot of fun with this. I'm, I'm going to give it a seven. Yeah? Yeah. Not bad. That's a pretty good score, man. It, it was still fun, and I got to give it an extra point just because of Samuel L. Jackson and because he got eaten while he was in the middle of his motivational. <laughs> that, like, that man, was huh? like you could not have planned that out any better. It was so crazy. Uh, so it gives an extra point for that. I'm going to give it a six. Nice. All right, cool. So you guys have all given your scores? Uh, I think yes. so. All right, Nick, uh, I'll tell you what, man. i got to apologize, dude. We we skipped a section, or we missed a section of our show we did. that we normally cover before we move on to, uh, to, the, to the big features, and that's our most important part of our entire podcast and the only reason, literally, that we're here, and that is our listeners. We're going to cover it before we move on to our main attraction. Is that cool with you, Nick? Absolutely. All right. And did you get the new uh, uh, the new item about the uh, the podcast that we're doing with our with our uh, our friends over at Binge Media? I believe so. All okay. Right. Cool. We got to mention that, dude, because we we got we got got something going on with them, kind of like a cross promotion. All right. If I don't if I don't mention it, slap me in the back of the head. All right. <laughs> so uh, Stephen Loblad, friend of the show. Uh, he says, I want to thank you guys for the review of The Mummy. Now I don't need to spend any money on this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Nick? <laughs> uh, yes. 
I may watch it if it makes it to Netflix. Uh, if it's that if it's that bad, I'm sure it will be there sooner or later. <laughs> Look, it's still fun. I, I I put it in the same category as uh, Suicide Squad. Ah, oh, man, that's rough. Except I, I think I'll oh, Suicide Squad later. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, here's the thing. You know, John Landis said it best when he came out the other day and said that Universal just has lost respect for the subtlety. Wow. Uh, There's wow. no subtlety at all in that movie. Of the Universal Monsters, turning it into, uh, you know, a, an expanded universe like came out to superheroes. Right. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we, don't, we don't want, okay, yes, I understand that the Brendan Fraser, Stephen Summers Mummy franchise was profitable. I understand that, Universal. But mm-hmm. the simple fact of the matter is, is that, okay, you're, with this film, you're going to hit your, you know, 13 to, um, you know, 21, you know, demographic. But right. what about all those people that are in their 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s who love the Universal Monsters who aren't going to get those back because you want to gamble with these huge leads? And, you know, um, somebody had said it best uh, again somebody else this week had said that they would have much rather had or wanted wanted if universal hired a bunch of indie filmmakers to make lower budget horror movies. Wow. That would have been amazing. Yeah. That would have been amazing. I mean, because here's the thing. I mean, look, okay. I just purchased a Blu-ray of the master's collection for creature from the black lagoon. Mm-hmm. Look at the effects from 1937. Right. They still hold up now. Yeah. Do you think that they're going to dig the Gilman suit out of storage? No. They're going to make some sort of CGI, yep. um, you know, CGI creature looking thing. And it's going to take everything away from the wonder and the creepiness and the mystique. Okay, you're not going to, I'm sorry, as great as Dwayne Johnson is, he's not going to be able to pull off the hurt and the struggle and the pain that Lon Chaney Jr. did as Lawrence Talbot. You're not going to have, um, you know, you're not, you're not going to have Javier Bardem, who's going to be able to do the same things that Boris Karloff did as Frankenstein's monster. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just not going to work in the long run. I think it is the biggest mistake and biggest gamble that Universal is doing. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't see where their head is, and I think it's going to be ex- incredibly detrimental yeah. to the entire world of the Universal Monsters for them to go forward like this. I think they need to take a step back, and I think they need to revise their strategy. They're definitely counting their chickens before they hatch. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Uh, And then uh, regarding our post asking for Spanish horror titles, uh, Sean Pipes says, I like this idea, Uh, taking time and appreciating some of the great movies from other cultures. I used to troll the shops in my local hometown looking for little gems hidden among the other garbage. Uh, Some of the absolute best horror movies I found were foreign films. Hmm. What do you Uh, think about that, Dick? I would... 
absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, some of the best pieces of cinema I have truly ever seen have been from overseas. Um, you know, you want to go with the French, you can talk about everything from Martyrs to Inside. You talk about the Germans, you can talk about everything from Frontiers. Um, you know, um, the Swedish with Dodd Snow. Um, you know, you have... Uh, the Norwegians with the free Vilt trilogy. Um, there's been some amazing, uh, you know, Korea, you know, um, has been an amazing, uh, force. Um, the Dutch, uh, the Russians even, um, have some inc- incredible pieces of horror. Yeah. That are out. Our original and brutal and, uh, you know, different. I, I love, I love, I love them. Yeah. You know, they, they, they tend not to pull back any punches. I like it. Uh, and then, uh, regarding the black Panther trailer, uh, which we just reviewed this week. So, <laughs> but Melissa Stevens said, uh, I am so ready for this movie. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation <laughs> point. Uh, so Lars from Denmark says, uh, you crazy people. Congratulations. Where's the party? Thanks for an awesome podcast. Thank you, Lars. You the man. Uh, Art Callie says, uh, awesome guys. Congratulations. Sean Pipes, congrats and happy birthday, guys. Keep up the great work. Really appreciate your content. Uh, our buddy Patrick Lear says, uh, hard to believe it's been a year uh, already and the darkness is still the worst of the worst. And I'm not... <laughs> Nick, have arguing you seen, with you for a second. Have you seen that movie from last year, The Darkness? Oh, the Kevin Bacon one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I I don't remember. <laughs> I, think totally I, 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 I think I I think I think I may have seen it. Um, okay. if that tells you much, I don't remember it. It's probably for you the know? best that you don't remember. Well, that's good. There, there's certain things I try and block out of my head. There's, you yeah. know, uh, the, the, the only two that are really bad that I can't get out of my head are uh, the remake of The Fog and the remake of The Wicker Man. Oh, both God. that. Uh, wow. Both that an ex. Man. Oh, both that an ex dragged me to, <laughs> and I had to pay for. So I actually put money in. In yeah. Ouch. Well, you know, sometimes when you go through a traumatic experience, your brain helps you out. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the only good thing about the Wicker Man was seeing Nicolas Cage punch uh, the, the the maid from Two and a Half Men in the face. So. <laughs> wow! All right. Uh, one other thing we want to announce this week is that we teamed up with uh, Binge Media to present a very special two-part interview with David Gregory, president of Severin Films and director of Lost Soul: The Doomed Voyage. Uh, of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. Uh, to catch the first part, you'll need to download this week's BingeCast at BingeMedia.net or on iTunes. Uh, are they on Podbean? Uh, I'm not sure if they're on Podbean. I'm sure they know, are, man. I know they're on iTunes. That's, yeah. That, I subscribe to it. So Just I'll look, listen to look up, uh, what, Binge Media? Yeah. Um, by any chance, have you heard of uh, Binge Media before, Nick? Yeah, it's uh, actually uh, a number of the guys that are that are on that uh, podcast used to be with uh, Joe Blow. Oh, okay. Okay, so there's some uh, crossover there for sure. But they've actually got a, um, a uh, show that comes out every every week that's called the Binge Cast. It's a really awesome show, 
Sometimes they go a little bit long. That's the name Bingecast. Yeah. It's been known to be three and a half, four hours before, but uh, it's it's a really good show. And, and I actually teamed up with, uh, with, with one of their hosts and... We interviewed David Gregory. Now, have you? Do you remember the uh, the Island of Doctor Moreau, the newer one? I think it was filmed in like the nineties. Um. Yeah, the one with Val Kilmer. Yeah, the one with Val Kilmer. Uh, this documentary that David uh, Gregory directed was actually uh, Richard Richard Stanley, who actually directed Hardware as as well as another uh, number of other horror movies, uh, had actually been signed on to direct this movie at first. And if you watch this, I think you'll really enjoy it, Nick. I think you really need to check this out, dude. Um, the documentary is called Lost Soul. Not to be confused with the shitty movie Lost Souls. <laughs> but uh, you'll you'll be able to, to follow the entire story of how he kind of had his own idea of how he wanted the movie to go, but the studio sort of overruled him and ended up bringing another director in. I think you'll really get a lot out of it, man. Uh, oh, but- wow. Yeah, I mean, it sounds pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, 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 studios. Oh, studios and what they do to our favorite things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I thought, I, I, I would think that you as a, as a creative person and a filmmaker would, would really get a lot out of it, dude. If you, if, if you get a chance, you really should see this. And he's actually the president of a distribution company called Severin Films. And I met up with. Oh, I'm very familiar. I met up with with him at Texas Frightmare, and they do a lot of. um, Shall we say? Yeah, shall we say exploitation films? Oh yeah. (laughs) And they re-release them, and they put them on Blu-ray, and they basically give a lot of respect to films that people didn't give a lot of respect to in the past, and they like Scream Factory does. uh, Absolutely, and they go way out of their way to restore them. And bring them to the glory that that uh, a lot of people who appreciate those films want to see them in. So I really s- strongly suggest you check this out, Nick, if you get a chance. Um, if you Absolutely. look it up on uh, IMDb, uh, it's it's a mouthful. It's Lost Soul: The Doomed Voyage of Richard Stanley's uh, attempt <laughs> to to film Island of Doctor Moreau. But if you just look up Lost Soul, I think it'll come up, or just the uh, the one with the most words. Yeah, look up David Gregory, the director. <laughs> you're you're going to really get a lot out of this, man. Um, I've probably seen it five or six times, and every time I watch the documentary, I get new insights. Yeah? Yeah, the, the people that were in it. And, the, and some of the, the stories, I don't want to give too much away, but some of the things that Richard Stanley does toward the end, they basically kick him off the set. Okay, if you can imagine this, Nick, he was the director. He was the... The Wunderkind that was in in charge of the entire uh, direction of the film, and they basically came in and said, "Fuck you, get out of here. We don't like your vision." So he found a way to sneak. Let me put it to you this way: uh, it's Island of Doctor Moreau, so you've got all these animal creatures that are basically being bred by a mad scientist on an island. So there's a lot of heavy makeup and a lot of heavy costumes. I'll put it to you this way, without spoiling it, Nick. Richard Stanley found a way to get back into the film. Do you kind of catch my meaning ah, here? Ah, interesting. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a two-parter. So to catch the first part of the interview, you're you're gonna need to listen to the Bingecast interview uh, on Binge Media or iTunes, uh, and then catch part two with us, the Horror Returns. If you already listened to us, you should probably know that. 
uh, on our regular stream and uh, as a special bonus episode dropping this Wednesday. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, thanks to everyone who reaches out for us. We love the feedback. And as always, you can reach us at our Facebook or Podbean page. Uh, or you can email us directly at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. Uh, we love to hear from you. Let us know what's up. All right, Nick. So this is normally where we would say this is time for our featured attractions. But, of course, we've already talked about one, right? This is the new attraction. <laughs> We're off the rails today, baby. Totally off the rails. <laughs> So, uh, 47 years down, uh, Nick, you did get a chance to see this, right? I did get a chance to see it. Well, what do you think, man? Well, I, um, you know, I'm going to say that it was, it was okay. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it was, I'm not. I, I'm not going to say it was great, and I'm not going to say that it, it, it was, you know, terrible. Okay. Um, you know, Mandy Moore, uh, I'm not sure much about the other girl. Mandy Moore is very up and down to me. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in the past that I've loved her in. Um, yeah. I love her in This Is Us. Right, yeah. Um, I've also loved her, you know, I'm a little bit of a softie, so I loved her stuff like a wolf uh, multi-episode arc on entourage okay and so you know I, I sort of you know i like her acting you know every once in a while um right. but with, with this it was just it, it seemed like it was it was very basic to me yeah um it tried to it tried to be stuff it tried to be an open water to me which which was and, a really good um film. and it's a really good movie you know, and I think there was an Australian one, or not an Australian, there was another one that was sort of like Open Water that came out a couple of years back as well. Okay. And it was just, I mean, it was very uneventful for me. And, um, you know, I will say that the end, I will say the ending, that they pulled it off really good. I, I will give them that, um, because I did not expect it. The way that it was constructed left me surprised, which was good. There wasn't anything new and inventive um, that I felt it was bringing to the shark sort of subgenre of horror films. Right. Um, Fair enough. To me, shark to me, shark movies are a lot like zombie movies. Mm-hmm. I am really begging for somebody to really throw uh, uh, the ball into into the court and create something new. Something you fresh. know, because I would love to see I, I would love to see a shark movie plus. I would love to see a zombie movie plus. Yeah, man, I think you uh I I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I thought it was uh I it, it's probably better than a lot of the shark movies that have come out recently except um what was the one Lake Lively? Oh, The Shallows. Yeah. I really like The Shallows. Did you see that, Nick? Oh, I love The Shallows. Yeah, I did too. I feel like it was it was almost on par with that, except that Mandy Moore, who was usually almost on par. Uh, I thought so. Are I, you out of your mind? I'm saying, but Mandy Moore, who <laughs> you just usually, like Mandy Moore. Well, usually is amazing. Was annoying. Amazing as shit in this movie. She's she, always annoying as shit, dude. No, I, what movie did you see, Philip? Jesus I, Christ! I man. like her in most everything that she does, but in oh, this God. one, she was annoying as hell. I, I like I, I liked her sister, I guess, or, or her friend, or whoever. She was they terrible didn't really explain. Too, Come on, and uh, I, I, they made some <laughs> stupid decisions, you know. And uh, stupid people, Brian. Stupid yeah, people. There you go. Oh, uh, yeah, you gotta have some stupid people alerts in this one. And for a cast of like ten, that's tough. 
Okay. Um, you know, and we were and we were basically talking about how it's so hard to carry a movie with only a couple characters. Yeah, right. And when you do that, they have to be, you know, entertaining and talented. And I just think they made the wrong choice on the entertaining factor. I think that they could have picked two other women that would have been a lot better, that would have been more entertaining. Right. Mm-hmm. And in an age of, like, girl power, man, they were, especially Mandy Moore, was, like, super fucking whiny the whole time. And it irritated the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I would whiny. Say, she's whiny and this is us, too. Yeah, I man, guess that's I, true. I, ne- I never watch it, and I'm glad that I don't, because the few times my wife has been watching it, I've been like, what the fuck is this? Milo Vettamalingo, <laughs> or whatever his name show. is. It's a good show. I love that guy. He's usually a pretty good actor, but... Can't, can't abide by it. It's a good show. Um, Check it out. All I have to say about this movie, guys, is that uh, they could have picked any two other people, and I would have been happier. Brian, what do you think? Um, I'm kind of right there with you guys. This movie, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. It was just right. okay. It was Nothing happened in this movie. Um, I thought Mandy Moore, and I believe the other actress is Claire Holt. I didn't like either one of them. Ah. Uh. I thought their reason for doing this was stupid. Um, yeah, but they got to it quick, at least. Yeah, true. Um, well, 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 plus, I mean, my thing was, okay, it literally, okay, that cage, when it fell right. off of its harness, <laughs> okay. okay, okay, that cage fell maybe three inches and everybody was like, oh, oh, my, oh, the cage fell. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, and it was, it was like they were lingering there. And it was like, why did nobody even attempt to? And, 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 then, and then nobody attempted to go in. Right. No, no, like, I understand that you have to make a movie and that you have to have a premise here. Yes. But come yes. on here. Yeah, I mean, there's, impla- there's implausible. And I gotta say, you want to talk about bad agree. acting, man? That dude, the the white guy that was up top. Oh, are you Modine. talking about our, Matthew, Ma- Modine. Matthew Modine? Yeah, man. <laughs> look, look, okay. Matthew Matthew Modine needs to, needs to uh, worry about playing SVU villains, right? <laughs> and and, and uh, you know, villains in little Dolph Lundgren action, um, you know, direct video movies. There you go. Like, I mean, I know that every line that he delivered after the very you know first couple of scenes was right. was through like a walkie-talkie or some sort of communication thing or whatever. But man, it was yeah, it was know, rough. You know, you know what, guys? Whoa. People, hey, hold on, Nick. People bitch about voiceovers in movies, right? A lot of people say, "Oh, we hate hearing a voiceover because it's." basically walking you through the whole thing rather than delivering the actual movie and showing action. This whole fucking movie was a voiceover. It was like I was watching people play a video game where you hear the person saying, okay, turn left here at the next corner. Now we have the Coast Guard coming to save you. It was this fucking voiceover of this dumbass the whole way through the movie walking you through what was going to happen next. I hated it. Here are the rules, so this is how you're going to fuck up in a minute. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Terrible. Okay, you know, me, me, final verdict, okay, 47 meters down was about as entertaining as the NES Jaws video game. Oh, oh my gosh. I thought you were going to say the uh, uh, the E.T. video game with the Reese's Pieces. Fuck you guys, I love that game. No, no, <laughs> no, uh, no I, I was talking about the, the, the Jaws one where I think you're starting to go around eating fish. 
And I think I, that's the entirety of the game. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Spot that was, on. That was All the right. early version of Echo the Dolphin. Screw okay, you guys. <laughs> Echo the Dolphin. All right, I think we're ready for scores, right? Nick, no argument there? Yeah. All right, on a scale of 1 to 10, Nick, how would you rate this movie? Four. Ouch. That's not bad. That hurts. <laughs> that's only a little worse than... I would give it a two and a half. Ouch. <laughs> oh, that's a kick in the huevos. <laughs> I didn't like it. I love The Shallows. As a matter of fact, The Shallows was almost one of my honorable mentions. Well, Blake Lively was, well, was a lot better than these bitches. What do you think, Brian? Uh, just because I like the ending, I'm going to give it a five. Wow. That, I was going to say, like, I saw the ending coming. And I then, did, too. And when it, she started moving her fingers, I knew. But, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We, we're well, not yeah, we're not yet. spoiler alert yet. But I saw the ending coming, but then I forgot about it when they started doing it. And, right. and it kind of surprised me. Uh, so based on the ending and uh, and because it, it, I thought it was a, a legitimately, uh, like, tension-filled movie. And, I mean, even though sharks don't, you know, really attack like that, but whatever. Uh, I, oh, the sharks were filmed beautifully. Though. Yeah, no, the sharks, the sharks were cool. It, 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 it had it definitely a creep factor to it. Uh, I'm going to give it a five and a half. But more good than yeah. bad. More good than bad, I thought. All right. Maybe yeah. we'll give better scores. Um, it, it, maybe Mandy Moore takes off the wetsuit next time. There you, there go. you go, Nick. Done. <laughs> we got to have you on the show again, Eight. man. <laughs> uh, you guys awesome. For, you guys I'd love for, to. You guys ready for spoilers? Yeah. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. All right, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Um, I brought up uh, previously, I thought their whole reasoning for doing this was stupid because yeah. she wanted to show her boyfriend she wasn't boring. She wanted and to show her I- boobs, what? Oh, I'm sorry. Her, <laughs> Nick, Nick threw me off. Sorry. Well, she. she I don't, I don't know. It, it was it. It threw me off because you got that that one scene where she's texting and he basically was like, "I already got my shit. I'm gone." So I just thought the whole reasoning for doing it and that and the as soon as you see the cage, that was the most shitty, rusty cage right. wench. I know. Like, I don't know. Call me crazy, but I'm not getting it. You're like, I hope they didn't pay these guys too much to take them there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go I to mean, there was so Mexico many... and go diving with the sharks with, you know, some people who obviously don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> I mean, there was so many red flags yeah. of why they shouldn't have done this. The whole, these guys they've only known for one night talking about, I know a guy. I that know a guy that who knows uh, does a, guy. A, sh- a shark diving, right? Yeah, and then um, illegally uh, throwing chum into the water. Guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I just isn't that then, illegal? And, and then their whole the whole sister relationship, how they tried to play this. I guess they uh, one of them mentioned how she felt like they were in competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never felt that way at all. No. You know what would have saved this movie if they would have switched Matthew Modine with Josh Brolin, yeah, and if what? they would have put one of the Fanning sisters to replace 
anymore. Done. Well, that's why you're a fucking director, producer, and writer, Nick. You're the one who should have uh, made this fucking film, not not these dumbasses that made it, dude. Well, I mean, okay. Well, I mean, it's one of those things. Okay, you know, I, I, like I'll be honest with you. You know, I'm not one of those people. I'm not a fan of um, you know the remakes and the sequels and whatnot, right? Uh, or, or remakes, remakes um, specifically. But you know, I, there's a, there's a couple different things that if I ever had the opportunity to do them, that's a big if, that I would do them, and I would do them with the utmost respect. Right. And one of them, you know, it's a good re- it's a good thing that you brought it up, because um, one of the things that I'd actually been um, in sort of the planning stages of, and this is nothing that's really finalized yet, but um, about a month ago, they announced that they shut down the upcoming reboot of I Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to be done by Mike Flanagan. And I always thought it was an amazing idea because I love the book and they steered so far away from what the book was I've in the movie. Hmm. And so I had always told myself that um, I was like, well, you know, if nobody else is going to do it, I'd love to do it. I'll attach Ashley as Julie Jones. I'm like, I, I'd love to do it. I mean, who, who else? thinks that Ashley Mary Nunez, the star of the Safe Place trailer, could pull, pull off uh, you know, a better acting than Jennifer Love Huge Kid. <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's pretty hot, too, so yeah, if you haven't checked out the Safe Place tra- trailer, look at it. <laughs> yes. Well, I, if you if you want better, you know, she has, uh, she cosplays as Wonder Woman, you know. Oh, Nice. nice. Ashley, yeah. so I think I saw that. I think I saw that on her uh, IMDb page. They actually showed uh, some of her cosplay. Yeah. Oh yeah. She because uh, she's on uh, she's on uh, Los Angeles or on Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, really? She does that. Oh. And um, re- recently, she got called up to. Uh, she was on the cover of the LA Times, um, which was very good for us because it was a few days before we were going to release the trailer. Right. And she was here. She is on the cover of the LA Times because. Uh, she got asked to be at the Wonder Woman premiere. Wow. Okay. Well, you know what? I think on that note, we've probably said enough about this movie, 47 Meters Down. Would you guys agree? Yep. We've given the devil its due at this point. 47 <laughs> thumbs. 47 thumbs down. <laughs> Can we talk more about uh, Let's talk more about your stuff, dude. <laughs> tell, tell us more about yeah. the process. When are, when are you guys going to start filming, or have you already started um, we were going to go, well, I mean, we shot the cameo with Lloyd Kaufman um, mm-hmm. last year, um, just because of scheduling. And okay. we're going to be shooting Safe Place in November, um, you know, straight through. And then we should have a finished product by the end of December. And then um, we're going to get into the editing and hopefully Excellent. have something by, uh, you know, the first quarter of 2018. Where, uh, where exactly are, are you guys going to be shooting? Um, well, right now we're going to be shooting in Central Florida. Um, actually, the town that I'm going to be in. Um, okay. So that so that's really cool and um, close to home. Uh, I have this. Go ahead. That's close to home. Uh, Philip and I are actually going to be in uh, Panama City Beach for a couple of weeks in September. Is that anywhere oh, near, near where cool. you are? Um, well, it's going to be. I mean, I would I would say it's about hour hour and a half away, but it's not too much. Okay, so news schedule, you know, you're going to film that day and we're going to hang out with you. Cool. <laughs> you, know, you, know what, you know what we could even do? Um, you, know, you were talking about having me back on the show. Um, we're having the horrific podcast. 
coming out, and they're actually going to do a live from the set. Oh wow! Um, show and maybe you guys could, you know, maybe you guys could come on set and uh, you know do a live from the set of Safe Place. Yeah, man. You know, so, and sounds like would, a lot of fun, man. Oh yeah, and it gives you guys a, good, a lot of good publicity because you get a chance to talk to some of my stars. And yeah, it could work out. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of Florida, brother. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Sounds like I, I wish I I wish I I wish I could see the same thing. Well, listen, Brian. Brian, unfortunately, our other host, Brian, is in like the exact opposite corner of America <laughs> in fucking Alaska. What do you think, Brian? Uh, uh, about the uh, you gonna make it? You gonna make it, down there? Uh, you gonna make it, dude? You should make a trip. What do you think of Florida in general? I I have not been to Florida in like fifteen years, but oh, when true. I was there, I enjoyed it immensely. But it's got to be better uh, than Alaska, right? Uh, definitely. <laughs> I I've said it many times. I do not. <laughs> it's crazy to say I'm from Alaska and I I do not like snow at all. <laughs> But well, um, I mean, I've lived here. I've lived in New York and New Jersey. I've lived in North Dakota. You know, I've lived in Tennessee. I've lived everywhere. Never been to the West Coast. Well, shit. That's, All right. Well, listen. Uh, we'll we'll cut the serial killers and <laughs> vampires out of there. All right, Nick. So uh, before before we head out, dude, because uh, we really appreciate you being on with us and. I think we're done with, with both of our uh, feature movies now. Where can everybody find you, man? If we want to follow you on uh, social media and check out your studios and, and, and your production company, where can we find you? Uh, well, you know, first off, you can go on to facebook.com slash movie. And from there, there's links to the IMDb, to our YouTube, um, where you can find the brand new trailer. And there you can also read up super cool articles on all the casting crew that's involved. Um, every week we do this thing called Artist Spotlight, which what we do is um, I have somebody that writes an article up um, on each member behind the scenes and in front of the camera, sort of so the audience uh, gets more involved and sort of, sort of uh, you know, gets to know the casting crew. That way, um, it's more of a heartbreak when they die a horrible, violent death in front of their faces. <laughs> nice. Cool. That's a good idea. All right, dude. Well, listen, we really appreciate appreciate you being on. Um, you guys, uh, Absolutely. if you're a new listener, we will let you know that you can... Uh, we, we definitely appreciate, appreciate you listening to another episode of The Horror Returns. And we will let you know that our uh, email address is thehorrorreturns at gmail.com, so drop us a line. Um, we've actually got a contest going on. We've already given away two T-shirts in the last two weeks. Woo. If you will go on, if you have an Apple product and you're going to leave us an iTunes review, uh, five stars pr- preferably, but be honest. If you think we suck... Just give us a few stars. You may or may not get a T-shirt. <laughs> but if you, you'll get a T-shirt you, with a ketchup stain. <laughs> you what, if you go on iTunes and give us a review, we will send you a T-shirt. We got to know who you are, so you may have to drop us an email as well. But uh, the Horror Returns T-shirt. That's Yay! how that works. And uh, if you listen to our Comic Palooza 
episode, you know that I love giving t-shirts away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. Fucking throwing out t-shirt man. after t-shirt while we were there. So, uh, next week, we are going to be covering Transformers The Last Night. Oh, Which I am not looking forward to. Uh, I'm not really. <laughs> I want to know, Nick, before we let you go, what is your... Or what are your feelings about the Transformer movies? Well, um, I when Shia, Shia LaBeouf was in them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, it's sort of a love hate. If you go into those movies expecting a whole lot more than it is, yeah, then people will be sorely disappointed. Okay, um, I don't think. Here, here's my thing. I don't think that there's a whole lot of fuel. Um, you know, pun intended. Um, uh, for the franchise. I say that. <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't, I, I, I don't see a whole lot of. Now, here's the thing. I think, okay, with Michael Bay exiting, there is hope. If we get some, if we get a great screenwriter, and if we get a great director and a great producing team and a great cast out there, right? I think that there could be a really good. But if there's a new direction, I think now, like, you know, I would actually like to see, you know, a Transformers that was done in sort of, you know, not like a serious, totally serious way, but sort of more of like a grounded and gritty sort of way. Like a tongue in cheek or. Well, no, like more of, um, do you remember uh, Death Race? Of yes. course. And okay. then Death Race 2050. Okay. It just came out on Netflix. It yes. wasn't was as good. Yeah. Okay, picture like gritty grindhouse Transformers. <laughs> like Maximum Overdrive meets Transformers. That could be cool. Sort of. That would be really cool, but See, who's, who's going to have the balls to do it? Coming That's off of Michael Bay, I think it's going to have to be something big. Yeah. Today, you know, uh, you know, this is our independence. <laughs> or what? What was that terrible? Uh, never mind. I'll be quiet. <laughs> you, you talk. Oh, 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 oh that was uh, what, what was it? Bill Pullman, uh, <laughs> who he had because he had to say the line in both movies. That's right. That's you know. Right. Yeah. Forget independence I said, Day research. Keep, keep talking, dude. I'm sorry. You're our guest, and I interrupted you, man. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I was just saying Independence Day research and CS, that happened. Ugh. Yeah. They waited 20 years to make something they could have made, you know, a, a year later and done just as well. But that that's that's just me. I have, uh, you know... I'm one of those people that I'm not very... I'm not very fond of franchises right now because I'm very angry at what New Line did to Friday the 13th. Um, oh, yeah, you know, that was from, terrible, man. Terrible. With, uh, with shutting it down, um, with shutting down part 13. Mm-hmm. Because I read the scripts. I don't know if anybody else here has read the script. Oh, no, but I'd um, love to see a part 13, dude. Why, why is there not a part Well, you know, well, I mean, essentially, I mean, it would have involved Jason's father. And it would have sorted, at, you know, it, it was very violent. And it seemed, I would love to see it. But, you know, New Line got shaky leg syndrome because of the, the train wreck that was Rings. And, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, you man. I don't know. 
And then, of course, and then of course, now you're hearing, you know, all the legal stuff that's going on with Friday the Thirteenth right no, now, right? No, I haven't heard anything of it, man. Oh well, okay. Well, if you guys don't know, okay. So what's going on with Friday the Thirteenth is the original writer um, basically is exercising a clause in the contract from back in 1979. Um, he's basically saying that he came up with Friday the Thirteenth. And that um, he, he was not an employee, for, or that he was an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. That he was not an employee for Cunningham, or for Sean Cunningham and his film company. And um, basically, he is trying to retain the rights of Friday the Thirteenth to go back to him <laughs> and oh, wow. take them away from and take them away from Sean Cunningham. John Cunningham is beat. Go ahead. What a tangle web we weave, huh? Money grab. Yeah. And basically, um, Sean Cunningham is stating that Victor Miller is what's known as a writer for hire. That he was simply hired as a one-off to write the script for Friday the 13th and that it wasn't affiliate that he wasn't affiliated with the production company at all. Mm-hmm. And so they're in legal, and so they're going back into court this week, I believe, um, and hoping that they'll come to some sort of compromise because if Victor Miller wins, um, they, uh, I think it was the Hollywood reporter that did a really good way of um, sort of simplifying it for people. Um, essentially, how it, you know, worst case scenario is that either we will only be able to see fr- uh, Friday the 13th movies done by foreign film directors. <laughs> um, that, that literally we will not see any domestic releases. Or, or they will be forced to do Friday the 13th without Jason or without any of the or with or without any of the original story arc. Wow. They would have to throw it all out. It's basically um I don't know if you remember a few years back when they went through the whole bullshit with um Jason and Friday the thirteenth and the rights. That, you know, new you know, Paramount owns the rights to fr- Friday the thirteenth, but New Line Cinema and Sean Cunningham yes, own the I, rights I, to the I Jason character. That, that that's when they started changing the titles of the movies, right? Yeah, it's just like it's just like with um, Chucky and Child's Play. Yes, um, New Line Cinema owns yeah, right the right Chucky, to Child's, Child's Play. Seed of Chucky, whatever. Whereas yeah, they couldn't call it Child's Play. Anymore. Whereas oh. Don Mancini owns the rights to the Chucky Child. character. Correct. <laughs> you know, and so it's one of those things. I mean, it sucks because these people are greedy. And, you know, I mean, it's 30, you know, 37 years after the fact. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Victor Miller is putting in jeopardy of us probably, you know, if it goes through, there's a big chance that we'll never see Friday the 13th again. And right. that sucks. Uh, because, you know, me, I've always been one of those people. If Jason, if, if they made Jason versus the Golden Girls, I'd go watch it. <laughs> you know, um, Jason is just picking up land. one of them in a like sleeping bag and slamming her against a tree. That would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> Betty White, okay. Betty White would kick his ass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, make be, make make Betty White the final girl. Blanche is you, slapping you remind me of our friend Kevin. He, <laughs> our friend Kevin Nez is up for any Friday the Thirteenth. Am yeah, I right, Brian? buddy? Yeah. Oh, I got. Okay. I got. Do you do you guys want to know something hilarious and ironic? Yeah. Is that listen, this morning, all ears, man. 
this morning I was filming for, or I was uh, recording for the Mac and Nez podcast. Look at that. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. I got got breaking news from Kevin Nez. He just, he just messaged me about 47 meters down. He wants you guys to know 47 meters down is a stooge. A stooge? I don't even know what that means. What the fuck is he talking about, man? You're a stooge. I'm taking it. He does not like it. (laughs) Hey, do me a favor. Tell tell him that Nick Nick Hunt's asking if the construction never finished. Okay, we'll ask him. (laughs) If the if the construction ever finished, no, because he had to he had to stop recording because of construction outside of the house, and so we have to reschedule. And I'm kidding, Kevin. You're not a stooge. You're my buddy. All right. Well, let's hey, let, let's <laughs> brothers let's get, forever. Let's get back to where we were. So we're gonna be <laughs> next week, you'll be covering Transformers: The Last Night. Nick, this is a first, dude. We have never gone this far into a conversation in the last literal paragraph of our show. I know, right? So, congratulations, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> you 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 sent us places hey, we've you never know, been before, you, man. Like I said, you guys are like my seventy third or seventy fourth. And, you know, it it gets gets better every time. Yeah, we hope we're your best. But uh, we're also going to be covering uh, Maximum Overdrive. I imagine not. So before we move on, we got to ask you, Nick, what do you think about the Stephen King? uh, He made a short story, Trucks, and they made a movie out of it called Maximum Overdrive. Did you like it? I loved it. Um, oh, right. You know, I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a big Emilio Estevez fan. Yes, sir. Um, even you know, even some of the, even some of the lesser stuff like uh, Men at Rico Work. Man. Man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, um, and I'm actually, I'm really good friends with the guy who did all the vehicles for that. What? For max for maximum overdrive. Um, he he's actually all over Facebook. Uh, Green Green Goblin. Uh, Green Goblin Trucks, and uh, you know he's he, he's he's a great guy, and uh, yeah, I, I love the movie. And you know what? It actually still holds up. Um, I, I heard that I heard that they were doing a reboot of it with Michael Bay, and I am praying that that was. I am praying that that's just some sort of rumor that you know I, that came out of like the Wendy Williams show or something. They're just gonna blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> That that to me is like saying, okay, we're gonna make Die Hard with James Franco, right. and wow, and, and Robert Downey Jr. is gonna direct. You know, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, as we as we like to say here when we're uh, signing out, uh, until the horror returns again, Philip. Good night.